Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Up ahead this hour, we're going to have for you hashtag Taiwan. And uh, Leslie Dow is going to be talking about a Hong Kong movie star, Anthony Wong, who may or may not be trying to get citizenship here in Taiwan. Well, at least that's what they're talking about on the internets. And that'll be followed by status update with John and Shirley. But first up, here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, May 19th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have Leslie Liao. Tis I. Tis you. The Leslie of the Liao. <laughs> and I am the Andrew of the Ryan. There we go. Uh, in today's Here in Taiwan, we've got some interesting topics. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Kaohsiung Mayor Han Guoyu, who is facing recall, a recall vote by the electorate. He's got a very interesting uh, strategy in the face of this recall vote. We'll tell you about that in just a moment. Also, the future of airline travel. Uh, the Financial Times is reporting that Taiwan is teaming up with uh, researchers at Stanford University on a potential project that could involve bringing 500 people to Taiwan on airplanes to test how long they need to stay in quarantine to keep everybody safe. Also, the travel bubbles. We'll tell you a little bit about those things. It sounds like uh, sounds like kids blowing bubbles on airplanes, but really it isn't. Yeah, I hope not. I don't, I, is that a safety hazard? Now you got me thinking, I Andrew. I don't think so. But actually, what we're really talking about is airplanes inside of bubbles, not <laughs> bubbles inside of airplanes. Uh, and the first anniversary of same-sex marriage in Taiwan. How do people in Taiwan say this has affected them? Has it affected them? Well, we have the uh, results of a new poll that uh, talks just about that. Looking forward to it. All that and more in today's Here in Taiwan. Don't go away. All right, I think we should uh, start off with politics first. Uh, let's begin in southern Taiwan with Kaohsiung Mayor Han Guoyu, who's uh, a divisive character, I think is a fair way to frame um, him and his, his, well, I guess... Several months long term in office? No. Eight, 18 months at this Holy point. Holy cow, has it been a year and a half? 18 months, yeah. And there are parts of the electorate that are trying to have him recalled because they say he hasn't really done a good job of representing the people of Kaohsiung. Yeah. Is that connected to the fact that he took off time as mayor to run for president? That's one of the many reasons that people... Uh, are doing this recall against him it's because they say he didn't really take the mayorship of Guoming, uh, not Guomindang, the Kaohsiung very seriously they're saying that uh, his position as mayor is just kind of like a springboard for more political aspirations okay and the reason why this recall movement has gotten uh, more and more traction lately is because they couldn't recall him in the first year of him being mayor that's not allowed. That's not allowed. Oh. So they had to wait for the one-year mark of when he entered office. Mm-hmm. And then after one year, they were free to start up the whole recall uh, process. And then it's gotten a lot more, uh, I guess, uh, momentum. Uh-huh. And the interesting thing is, because Han Guori's 
uh, win as mayor in Kaohsiung was seen as a huge upset, right? Yeah. Because traditionally that city is very, very uh, green, which leans towards the opposition of the KMT. So this is the DPP that usually um, has held the mayorship yes. in southern Taiwan yeah. in the city. And he's from the Guomindang, as you've mentioned, yes. um, the blue party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's he had a relatively low popularity an approval rating. Yeah. Um, so he is a little bit in trouble, but he's got a very interesting strategy for facing this recall vote. That's right. Uh, last week on Friday, he actually posted a video to his Facebook page urging supporters not to show up to vote and support him. He says, uh, in, instead, what you can do is just go uh, go support the local economy or support go, go shopping instead mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there's the pandemic going on. Uh, he also asked supporters who are not, uh, who aren't eligible to vote, to not vote the city, uh, to not visit the city on election day. Oh, yeah, because Han Han supporters are very known known for mobilizing in, in huge numbers, right? Right. I see. So basically, what he's saying is he's he's trying to play down the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, he has maintained since the beginning that it's just a political mm-hmm. um, move by the opposition parties in his city. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I should say the other parties in his city um, to have him taken out of office. So yes. if he says he if he's kind of poo pooing this uh, vote, saying it's not a you know legitimate vote, yeah. then it makes sense he, he would ask his supporters to stay away. And what more popular thing to tell them to do than support the local economy, which has taken a huge hit from <laughs> that's the been pandemic. his whole thing, right? But uh, people are saying he's doing this because the, the vote itself, the recall vote itself, has to reach a, th- a certain threshold. One in every four uh, city residents needs to go vote for the vote to be valid. So it has to be more than a quarter of eligible voters. Yes. Not in, just city residents. It has to be eligible voters in yes. that city. And Kaohsiung has 2.28 million eligible voters. That translates to about 570,000 votes. Okay. And I'm not, I can't even remember what the results of the last election were. To to ask for five hundred seventy thousand on a municipal level, there's it presents sizable challenges. Sizable challenge for the people who are trying to recall them. But there there have been polls that are saying at least fifty percent of respondents are saying they will go vote, mm-hmm. and that's not even accounting for for the ones that say I don't know if I'm going to go vote. Okay, and we don't know if, like, you know, undecided people are more likely to vote for or against him either. No idea. Interesting. Well, this is going to take place on June 6th, June is 6th. that right? They're saying um, it's the triple six date. So it's June 6th, the sixth <laughs> month, the sixth day of the sixth month on the sixth day of the week. You know, this is this is really great for, you know, <laughs> for people in Taiwan. People love the number 666 yeah. because it's like the number six sounds like, you know, everything is going smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, I think for Westerners, we always think of the, you know, the devil. But. Yeah. So that's, that's just one of those things, right? Cultural things. Yes. It's, it's supposed to be a good number. So just, uh, keep, keep that in mind. mind. Yeah. So when we, uh, hear more about uh, what happens on June 6th, of course, we'll let you know, uh, right now we're still at the 19th of May. So we are about, let's see, one, two and a half weeks out from this vote a little bit more than two and a half weeks out just about uh so anything could happen between now and then when was last time you were in an airplane leslie oh 
Must it's, it's <laughs> definitely we can count it by years, Andrew. Really? It, we can definitely count it by years. Did you go anywhere in 2019? Actually, you know what? I did go somewhere in 2019. It was right before I entered RTI. Ah, yes. And actually, tomorrow is my one year at RTI. Oh, what? Tomorrow is my one year at RTI, and tomorrow is also the presidential inauguration. Well, I feel like you have been here like forever, Leslie, because you're such an <laughs> indispensable part of the team. Oh, stop it! You. Oh, I can't stop it. <laughs> I can't stop myself. So uh, this is exciting because on uh, Wednesday you're going to be hosting uh, the inauguration broadcast yes. brought to you by RTI. Do you want to yes. talk a little bit about that? Oh uh, yeah. So today, uh, th- this year's inauguration happens once every four years, right? And this is the second. Uh, this is the inauguration for President Tsai Ing-wen's second term. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is, amid the coronavirus pandemic, it's a more streamlined ceremony. Mm-hmm. Or as so, like fewer people are going to be participating. Substantially fewer people. There are no foreign dignitaries coming in. Everything's in video format. Two hundred, two hundred fifty people, whereas it used to be in the tens of thousands. Right, because they would fill that huge plaza in front of the presidential office building. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, we'd actually sit down in like a little booths in front of the presidential office, looking at the stage. Well, the stage would be kind of behind us. We'd be facing that huge crowd of people. And just a huge, huge number of people would turn out. Mm. Um, so it's it's definitely going to be very different this year. But we look forward to your broadcast. And we'll be broadcasting that live on Facebook yes. and YouTube. Uh, just Facebook. Just Facebook. And on our Taiwan Insider, www.facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider, which is one word. Awesome. So I will be definitely tuning in and uh, watching and uh, commenting. And Indeed. we hope that you will do that as well. Um, so back to airline travel. Mm-hmm. Last time I was on an airplane was, uh, Ooh, you went back to Boston. I did shortly after I can't, maybe when was that? August, late August, early late September. August. Yep. So that would have been, Oh, maybe I went to Taitung on an airplane. Hard to remember. Don't you usually take the the train? I usually go by train. I have gone by plane. I think I came back by plane the uh, last time I came back. Yeah. Okay. It was a bit of a rush. Uh, so at any rate, we want to talk a little bit about the future of air travel. Yeah. Um, something that I think none of us really want to be doing right now just because of the risks involved with flying in the time of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about this uh, study that researchers from Stanford uh, are looking to do, uh, potentially in conjunction with people here in Taiwan. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, Taiwan is may strike a deal with Stanford University in the United States to design a mechanism for effective testing and quarantine as the island country prepares to relax travel restrictions next month. Now, we've been in lockdown for maybe, I want to say, two, three months now as far as travel restrictions go. Right. So not a full lockdown like you see in most countries. Mm. We can leave the house. We can go to restaurants and eat out. Like It's relatively open, but we just can't really do any international travel. Mm. So if you're not a resident or a citizen of Taiwan, you cannot come here, period. If you are a resident or a citizen, you have to do 14 days in quarantine. Mm. Um, Yeah. Uh, So the collaboration is going to be between Taiwan and Stanford University's med school, their medical school. They're going to be sending 500 people from San Francisco to Taipei, Mm -hmm. and they will undergo testing every two days in a 14-day quarantine period. Now, 
I have some respect for anybody who would go and do this 500, this participate in the study. Why would you want to be one of the like have test subjects? Have you ever subjects? heard about the, the test subjects? Like how far they have to swab into your nose to get like... Oh, I heard it's painful. It is painful. Um, and to have that happen to you every two days in a 14-day period. I hope they switch nostrils. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. But I've also heard that maybe you don't need to go so deep. So maybe with some of the newer tests, they don't have to like go all the way back i don't know i dig for gold i think about it and i'm just like oh it gives me the heebie-jeebies nothing that i have done in my childhood (laughs) picking my nose has prepared me for that the aim of the experiment is to work out the shortest possible isolation requirement for travelers so right now it's 14 days i think it's it's pretty standard for a 14-day quarantine across the board right no matter where you are well they're saying that that's the amount of time like the longest it could take for uh the symptoms to appear in your body or to to be able to prove that the person has COVID 19 right yeah uh the longest uh what do you call it uh What's the period Incubation. Called? Thank you. There you go. <laughs> All the words. I'm missing them. <laughs> so they're hoping to maybe cut it down to a matter of days, like a couple days, two, three days. So you would stay in quarantine. And then if you're safe to go out, then you'd be able to go. I don't understand like how how they could possibly do that. Yeah. Like what's, what's different? Uh, as far as the the 14 day period? Yeah. I, I am not 100% sure actually. They don't really say anything. They just say... Uh, Taiwan just really wants to demonstrate that it can help. And that's mm-hmm. why it's going to participate in this study. Um, as far as shortening the isolation requirement. I mean, if they've been in isolation on the other side first, like yeah. that could, maybe they could subtract those days. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe, hmm. maybe if everybody on the plane coming over has a clean bill of health and record, which they would, like that, then the question is like, what if there was Can one person asymptomatic or like hadn't tested, po- wasn't testing positive until they arrived in Taiwan? Pretty much. Oh, so maybe your 24 hours on the plane counts. Maybe it does. Yeah, maybe maybe the 24 hours on the plane counts, and then you can talk about, I don't know, get everybody going to the airport in the same bus. And well, I've also heard too, like. There are certain things, like for example, if when they're in Taiwan and they're doing business. But then they would have very strict restrictions on like how you would meet people. You definitely have to wear a mask, um, yeah. like social distance requirements. So even if you are infected, maybe you won't pass it on or they can they can lower the amount of people that would be infected that by you. so risky, man. I know. Uh, that, 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 that worries me a little bit. And maybe that's something to do with all of the other countries like breaking lockdown. And it feels like premature. So the thing is, we're in a really tough spot here in Taiwan because we've done such a great job. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, right now, as we're speaking, depending on when you're listening, there's maybe only 11 days have gone by or there already have been 11 days of zero new cases. Probably more. Probably more even by the time you're listening to this. Um, It could be, you know, up to closer to 35, 40 days of no domestic cases. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the same thing where the health minister says that even if there are vaccines if they're not great vaccines they're just not even going to use them in taiwan yeah they're going to wait until they're completely safe because there's no need to risk it it's got to be effective that's the that's the one thing like they did they say we can't only have a vaccine it has to be an effective vaccine that's and the, it has to be safe that's too the, that's the adjective I, I keep hearing these two ones right the safe yeah. and the effective i 
So for countries that maybe haven't um, contained the disease as well, they could potentially, you know, consider using a less effective, slightly less effective vaccine or a slightly less safe vaccine, mm -hmm. just because you need to hedge your bets. Yeah. You need to you need to fix right. Yeah. But for a country where there are no cases, like you just don't even want to risk it. Yeah, Taiwan has done such a good job at this point. You really don't want to botch it with. And yeah, and I think your strategies for dealing with coronavirus in Taiwan are very different for your strategies for dealing with coronavirus in, say, the United States. Very true. You know, which has very different, um, you know, policies depending on what state you're in. So at any rate, if we hear more about that, we will let you know on a future edition of Here in Taiwan. So uh, we are going to stick around with our uh, airplane theme. We have a couple more travel stories uh, that we want to share with you. Uh, one of those stories is we want to tell you um, about a local Taiwanese airline, uh, which is called Starlux. And, uh, oh, wait, I have a little um, thing I can play for you. Oh, yeah? Is that an airplane? That's an airplane. <laughs> that, that almost sounds like a very fast car. <laughs> you know, there are similarities, but uh, <laughs> I think I actually recorded that sound as an airplane was flying overhead. So it was moving very fast in relationship to where I was standing. Were you near the, the, like the runway? Yes, it was I landing. I think I know where you are then. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell us about Starlux Airlines. This is the, I feel bad for the people who started this airlines because... Uh, they started it, like, right as the pandemic was breaking out. Yeah. Do man. you remember we did a story on how the, the chairman of Starlux Airlines had family relations to Eva Airlines, yes. the other uh, air carrier in Taiwan. and Well, one of the other ones. One of the other ones. And he, it's, it's a long chain of events, but I think right now he's the head of both airlines, right? So he's not... I mean, I guess he's... Well... I guess I don't know how EVA is doing at the EVA is yeah. doing at this time either because all airlines are hurting a little the bit. The timing but. for him could not have been more challenging, I must say. Yeah, juggling two airlines. Mm -hmm. Wow. Anyway, Starlux Airlines is Taiwan's youngest airline and it launched. Do you want to venture to guess when it launched? When do you feel like that airline launched? I mean like maybe a year ago? Like just about a year ago? It's not even a year ago. It's January 23rd. Oh, you're kidding me. No. January 23rd. That's like, so on the 25th of January, that was the day when they closed down the city of Wuhan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then, then that's when this, this whole thing got rolling. So they, and this is billed as like a very luxury, it's a luxury airline, right? So they're yeah. going to offer premium services. Uh, I guess it was high cost, but also high margin. But when you do that, you know, all your overhead is going to be much more than the other guy. Uh, so it wasn't a budget airline. It was like all the way at the other end of the spectrum. No, yeah. So the places that they fly are also like places where there are casinos, mm -hmm. right? Mostly Southeast Asia. Okay. For now. Um, anyway, well, like we said, they're going to try and restart operations on June 1st. Oh, um, okay. As soon as June 1st. And that's the first flight that's going to go to Macau. And on June 11th, they're going to try and reopen to Malaysia. Okay, this is interesting because Macau, I mean, I think there are zero cases in Macau right now. Is that right? Um, Penang is also doing pretty well. Uh -huh. um, what's interesting, though, is, is that Chinese nationals cannot come to Taiwan, period. Yeah. So if you're a Macau resident slash citizen of China, you can't come to Taiwan. This would be exclusively for people from Taiwan going to Macau. 
And I think what a lot of people in, in Taiwan that go to Macau they're doing is probably gambling, yeah? Yeah, but um, Higher end, the yeah. spokesperson from the airline said that they realized international tourism is going to take a hit. Uh-huh. Um, but they're saying that this is geared more towards official and business people travel. Okay. So that's what they're... And because um, they're going in Vietnam, I think they're going to... Where did I say? Uh, I'm sorry, Macau. Uh, and then... Malaysia, that's Penang, in yeah. Mala- in Malaysia. But they were also saying they had another flight route to Da Nang. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't in restart that because Da uh, Nang is more of a tourist destination. Gotcha. And they are taking measures to be more mindful of the pandemic, right? Maximum number of passengers reduced from 188 to 127. Mm. Crew would be wearing masks, gloves, and protective clothing. Here's the thing, though. Due to the high cost, free Wi-Fi will no longer be available on the airplanes. <laughs> Whereas it was it was offered to, on all flights before that. What an unusual place to cut the yeah yeah the food drinks duty-free goods newspapers magazines still there just no wi-fi i think you could cut the newspapers and magazines and give people their wi-fi though or cut the food because like that's supposed to be dangerous right that too like food service a lot of airlines aren't doing them yeah um so while we're talking about airlines let's talk very quickly about the bubble Mm. what is the bubble can you explain the concept really quickly and where we might be in a bubble with they're going to establish uh air routes between countries that have got the pandemic under control. And the first time they really mentioned this is uh, between Australia and New Zealand, because mm-hmm. I guess between them, they have... Well, New Zealand is doing extraordinarily well. They also are, have had days of zero cases. I think Australia maybe has a little bit more work to do, but yeah. this could be a very early example of a travel bubble. Yeah, so yeah. like they're just... Um, countries are going to coordinate to be like okay you're safe i'm safe so let's have some air travel between us mm-hmm. and we will agree to just keep it between us so that mm-hmm. way there's no contamination risk from other countries and um they're calling this the trans-tasman bubble which is between australia and new zealand and the new zealand foreign minister actually says they will consider taiwan south korea and singapore as potential places to be part of this bubble as well that's really interesting because south korea and singapore are not doing so great recently singapore came out with like 600 new cases uh, a few days ago south korea also had like a nightclub incident the nightclub incident and then it had a woman who went to a funeral um and was given a waiver for her uh quarantine yeah she was allowed to just travel so i guess uh that they, they might be off the table but i think taiwan's still doing pretty good and could taiwan join in um uh, with any other countries any other potential places palau wants to establish a route with taiwan but i don't know that might affect the New Zealand's decision, right? Oh. So, because they're just saying, I don't know how New Zealand feels about Palau. But well, Palau doesn't have any cases. That too. So, I guess New Zealand probably feels pretty good about it. Yeah. So, wow, this is interesting. So many things to discuss and negotiate before any of this can happen. I just like the name. Bubble. Tasman. Oh. <laughs> So very quickly, I want to bring you one final story today. Uh, So same-sex marriage went into force on May 24th. Uh, It passed, I believe, in the legislature on what was the 17th. Mm -hmm. So we've already, uh, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of legalization of same-sex marriage in Taiwan. One thing they're trying to push for is transnational marriages. So right now you can only get married in Taiwan if your partner is from a country that allows same-sex marriage. So there are some people that are caught uh, in between, like people from Malaysia, Philippines, where you can't get married. Then these partners, they maybe have had a wedding, 
but they can't actually reside in Taiwan with partner benefits, and they have to apply for things like school and stuff like that. Um, a little question for you. Uh, what percentage of people in Taiwan say the policy of same-sex marriages had no impact on them, according to a newly released survey? 92? Very close, 93%. Oh, wow. Uh, I think that's interesting and telling because we thought that the uh, some people made it sound like the world was going to come to an end if yeah. there was same-sex marriage. Mm -hmm. But unless you're in one, it chances are it doesn't affect you. You just shrug and be like, <laughs> nah. Well, so that's uh, it for today's Here in Taiwan. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. Stay tuned for more coming your way on RTI. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Now, before the coronavirus pandemic hit the world, one of the news stories we focused on around here at Radio Taiwan International were the Hong Kong pro-democracy protests. Now, don't be fooled. Even with the COVID-19 virus going around, these demonstrations are still happening. Taiwan and Hong Kong have had each other's backs when it comes to fending off Chinese oppression, so much so that some Hong Kongers come to Taiwan to seek refuge. Last week, one very famous Hong Konger, actually an actor, caught a lot of attention online when he said that he might be becoming Taiwanese. I've got that story for you coming up here. Don't go away. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about the beautiful city of Hong Kong and its wonderful people. Taiwan is often seen as a refuge for people from Hong Kong escaping political persecution. One person that's successfully taken refuge in Taiwan? Lam Wingke, a bookstore owner from Hong Kong that the Chinese government detained for selling books that were critical of the Chinese Communist Party. Lam moved to Taiwan last year and opened up a bookstore in Taipei last month. On Facebook, the response to the bookstore has been overwhelming. There has been photos of the shelves being cleaned out shortly after the bookstore opened because people just really wanted to support him and his endeavors in Taiwan. Now it looks like another prominent Hong Konger might be moving to Taiwan as well. I'm talking about Anthony Wong. And yes, I'm talking about that Anthony Wong, the famous Hong Kong actor who's worked in films in Hong Kong, Taiwan, and the US. You see, earlier this week on Facebook, Wong revealed that he was in Taiwan undergoing a mandatory 14-day quarantine. He said he was having fun by himself and answered fans' questions to pass the time. One comment, however, caught quite a bit of attention. Amanda Wu told Wong that since he's in Taiwan, he might as well apply for citizenship. And Wong responded by saying that he's getting ready to. That thread just straight up went... Poof. 
kablamo because people in Taiwan were so excited at the prospect of Anthony Wong becoming a Taiwanese citizen. The comment got so much attention that Wong had to make a separate post saying, Thank you to everyone for your concern. I'm still in quarantine. I will follow all of Taiwan's rules. Right now, I can't reveal too much, but thank you again for your concern. Wong has had a history of speaking up for pro-democracy groups in Hong Kong, so having Taiwanese citizenship might be appealing to him. But right now, Wong is just getting ready to film a series. However, that said, I would love it if Wong became a Taiwanese citizen. That way, he can go and convince Chun Yao-Fet to do the same. Not saying I like Chun Yao-Fet more. The more prominent people in Taiwan, the better, you know. I don't have any favoritism one way or the other. Who am I? I'm just a dude speaking to a camera. That wasn't just any guy. That was Leslie Liao with hashtag Taiwan. Now be sure to follow us on social media and leave a comment below. We would love to hear from you. This is Status Update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Ventrias. We're going to be getting to your letters, and this is a program where we hear from you, just uh, what programs you listen to and what you think about them, and also to let us know in the midst of this pandemic here just how you're doing. You know, and I think we've got a couple of letters like that. Okay. So we're going to get to those in a second. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to update our status a little bit here. All right. Well, I managed to make a trip to uh, Yamin Mountain, uh, mm. which is just, what? Um, less than an hour drive away from Taipei City. It's sort of a big mountain yeah. that sits on the outskirts of town. It's actually a national park. That, yep, that's right. That's right. And um, yeah, so 13 of us, we um, went for a two-day, one-night thing. And it was over the weekend. And uh, we actually rented a, a house, a three-story house, like a all cabin? to ourselves. No, it's it's really a house. A proper house. Huh? Okay, so what it was is that apparently there's a um, sort of like a... 
a district. <laughs> it's called a Tianlai something something. You know, and if you go once you go through the gate, there are all these individual houses, either two stories, three stories houses. It's like a resort. Yeah, I guess it is. But um, I, whoever owns this particular house that we rented,、uh, actually, they bought the house and they had it rent out to you know anybody who's interested for a weekend or something、mm. like that. So it's all very nicely furnished, a three-story house. You know, there's a nice living room. There's even a fireplace. Wow. But I think it's a.、Uh, Uh, it's probably a fake one. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't feel like you, there's much call for that. Although, it does although, get chilly. although Yummy Mountain can be really humid and you know just cold and everything. It can get chilly during the, the during the winter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and then、um, there is a nice you know、um, dining area, and a really nice kitchen with、mm. like these big windows overlooking green、uh, other houses and also like far beyond. It's like the green the greens on the mountains and things like that. It's just awesome. And then they're they've got a grill. Oh, there was a grill. There was a barbecue grill. Yeah, on, on their porch. And so we made use of that. Well, Taiwanese people wouldn't go anywhere if there wasn't a grill. We love barbecuing. <laughs> I know we certainly do.、Um, so we decided. I decided to bring some chicken from home,、mm -hmm. which I had, and then they also bought some sausages. And so John, my husband,、uh, John, not not this John, <laughs> I was my, not my hubby John, <laughs>、um, and I, we were responsible for grilling, you know, the chicken and the sausages, and、um, and then we had dinner.、Mm. Uh, we also ordered some、uh, delivered to us. Did they deliver to the mountains? Yeah, they did actually. There were a couple of menus on the wall, was, and you can just call、oh, them、okay. and deliver. Okay.、Uh, the food was okay. I was going to say <laughs> Uber Eats is probably not cheap up there. <laughs> the delivery cost. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just some some you know restaurants in a neighborhood, I guess. And and so that was very nice the first night, and there were two stories, you know, for the bedrooms on the second floor and the third floor, and very nice. And、hmm. there was oh my gosh, how can I forget this? There was actually、um, we could soak in hot springs. That is a place for hot springs. Yes, there yes. Was a number of nice little. There was, yeah, there were several bathrooms, but there was one particular one where you can actually soak in hot springs. So it just、It's、comes、like、out of the tap. Yeah, it's like sulfuric water. And it's funny because、um, I guess I was having too much of you know a fun time. I couldn't really sleep that night,、huh. but the whole time I could smell was sulfuric, you know, like hot spring water. Yeah, it does have a distinctive odor to it. <laughs> that made it? it worse. I, it was really hard to fall asleep with that smell. <laughs> but、um, it was just really nice house. We had some kids with us, and they were just having a, a real great time.、Oh, I'm sure it's like a camping trip. Yeah, it was just really awesome. You know. I never thought that there's. It's the first time I actually stay in a place like that. Actually, the house could house at the most twenty-two people,、mm. and we had thirteen. Wow! And yeah, it was just really great. I've only been up there like for day trips. Yeah, because it's like so close to the city. I know, I know.、Um, it's not if you don't have a car, it's difficult. I mean, there's a bus. It is, but it is difficult. The other thing is that I always feel a bit not car sick, but like a bit. My head hurts after、well. because of those roads like. Are, They're winding and they everything. They go up and down, and and I always find that I have a bit of a headache afterwards.、Mm -hmm. Well, the thirteen of us shared among three cars, and、okay. so we had five other friends in our car. So if you're in a car, it's I think that's okay. But like,、oh, I'm、no. talking about the buses that run. Oh, I know. Because like they're well, like ooh, and there's like a lot of them are standing room only, like small buses, because the、oh. roads aren't wide enough to accommodate the big ones. I know. We had to last like, time I was there. Shun them the whole time. Last time I was there, I needed to like have a lie down afterwards. <laughs> I was like, oh, my head. 
Well, we had three people who、uh, is prone to getting car sick、oh, on、no. our car. So yeah, but they took pills before we, they got on start on the car trip. I mean,、so. it's not like that bad. Is I think we're making it sound like a much more remote region <laughs> than it is. It's actually like right outside of town.、There's、right, stuff, the city goes kind of directly to the bottom of the mountain. But the, the mountain roads were a little winding. Itself, once、so. you get up there, it's a little bit.、Um, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, it's not terribly high either. So it's not like altitude sickness. It's、no. not that kind of a mountain, but it is.、Right. Um, Yeah, it's a noticeable drop in temperature once you get up there, and、oh, uh, yeah. you can see the whole city. It's very nice. Really, really nice. Um, actually, um, uh, we started like Saturday morning, so、uh, we dropped off at a place to pick killer lilies. That's is so. That, are they in season right now? Yes, I um, I mean, right this point. I guess they must be if you pick、yeah. them. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, killer lilies. They have and, them、so. during the winter too, don't they? Oh, or am I thinking you know of something、what? else? I don't know. There's if, white this lilies. This flower is like all year round. It's another thing that this particular mountain is known for is the variety of flowers that are grown there. Oh yeah, they're, they're cultivated. The three of、uh, f- our female friends they decided to go killer lily picking. picking. So you have to pay for that though. That's like a, yeah, it's like a field. So they changed into these like waterproof,、um, sort of like jumpsuits. They're kind of like growing sort of patties, don't they? Almost. Yes. They're flooded、yes. little fields. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. With little so, walkways crisscrossing them. Oh yeah, and then they, you know, they also got these, um, um, what do you call those sun hats? But it's very, very traditional kind of Chinese style sun hats. Oh, I know what you're talking so, about the woven ones. Yeah, made yeah. Of leaves. Anyway, just you know, took pictures. Conical of hats. Yeah. So that was fun.、Huh. Those who didn't go, um, you know, killer lily picking get. To、um, like take away two little pots of plants. That's why I got two pots of plants on、oh. my desk here. Did you? I hadn't, no, I hadn't seen that. Oh, that yeah.、Week? You should take a look. Yeah, they're they're small. They're small.、Oh, okay, maybe that's so, why. Yeah, but、um, I know so、Andrew、really、has、nice. plants, but I didn't know that you、oh, had. Oh, mine are much smaller than his. Probably、okay. a third of his size, or maybe even smaller. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so that was really nice. And then we drop off at a place, you know,、um, for some really good food. Yeah, that was the first night, and then. We spend a night, and the next day,、um, you know, there's this.、Um, you know, we used to have the U.S. military base. Yes, and then there are these houses.、Uh, that, that's a bit creepy. So it's like a ghost town. <laughs> they're, well, they're they've turned former... it now. They have. Yeah, a lot、uh, of them have turned into restaurants. Because I thought that a lot of them were going to have to be knocked down. I figured there must be asbestos in there and stuff. Oh no! I mean, these are these are buildings from like the 1950s, and、oh, yeah. sort of, for the longest time was just like they're one-story huge houses. They were just sort of like I don't know if they were for service members and their families or what, but it was sort of an American presence there. And then after、yes. they left, yeah,、um, then they were in the 70s.、Um, they just kind of have been sitting there. I didn't know they were doing stuff with them. Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of them turn into restaurants and bakery shops、oh. and whatnot. So they're、it's、repurposing really these buildings. It's really nice up there. You need to go up there, John. It's really, really nice. I haven't been in about two years. Oh well, th- a lot has changed in the last two years. Okay. And actually,、um, you know, I had a friend who had four kids, and they were here on like a four-year term. Okay. Working for the、um, AIT economic the, section. The American Institute of Economics. Se- yeah.、Mm-hmm. And、um, they they stayed at one of these houses on the Yummy Mountain. No, you could do the that. The whole family. Themselves,、oh. yeah. So it was still available back till the nineties, I would say.、Okay. Yeah. So they're huge, but anyway, really nice up there now.、Oh. So it was all just a very nice weekend. Again, getting away from the city because I always like to do that on the weekend. Yeah. So you can do that for a weekend. It's、yeah. really great. Check out some really nice restaurants up there. Really I mean, nice. I can see it from my house. But、oh, okay. I have a direct view of it. Make but, it up there. But it's a long way, actually. It's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly sizable mountain, so it looks a lot closer than it actually is. Yep. 
Um, but, um, I've been up there, let's see, the last time I went to visit the wild buffalo or... Oh, on Chintengang, uh, yes. right? That, yeah, There's a sort of mountain, alpine yeah. pasture almost. It is very Sound of Music. You want to start spinning <laughs> right. and put on some like lederhosen or something. Really, it's true. It's, it's true. It is very like the hills are alive. But um, okay. so that was the last time I was there, I think. And it so. was nice because it was at that altitude where you're above the clouds. Oh, kind well, of, that's way... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, way up there. They kind of form ben- okay. sort of beneath you. And you can see the whole city spread out below and it's uh, really great it's very cool in the summertime so yeah. lots of people with tents out there i mean yeah i i think it has been a long time i should go again yes you should go all right take the bus <laughs> i know you got car sick but any yeah. anyway anyhow just do mm. it okay well it's, i think it's time that we get to our listeners letters again you know if you are planning to write us another letter our address is p.o box 123-199 taipei taiwan or you can reach us by email our address is rti at rti.org.tw of course do remember to check us out on facebook and youtube as well and leave us a comment when you do Okay, it looks like um, you know we've got a letter from Morocco. Oh, really? Yeah, from excuse me if I'm like totally, uh, you know, saying this wrong. Moad Belgrid um, from Morocco, mm-hmm. and it says, "How are you, all radio crew? I wish you success and uh, and that you're in good health. I'm one of the most followers of you on social media and on the phone. Uh, I adore your programs, and I'm grateful for your uh, your efforts." It says that I hope that this ordeal, and I think he's talking about COVID-19 pandemic of the world will pass. I wish you safety and uh, don't take any risks. Okay. Nope. <laughs> well, well, you know, I feel like we've gone like, well, how long was it since the last domestic case? More than a month. So yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've started going out again. I don't feel Good at all. Good for you. I don't feel at all. I know. We need some sun. So Yeah. Yeah. We're lucky here. Right, right. Okay, so anyway, it says that we're very much needed, okay, with our programs, yes, of course. And thank you very much. And uh, that was again, Moad Belgrade of Morocco. All right. All right. Well, we've got a letter here from Jayanta Chakrabarti, who's writing to us from India. Uh, it says here that this is a report about our May 2nd broadcast, listened to from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. Reception quality 43444, so fairly good. Uh, It says here there are some details. Uh, I'd like to comment on one of my favorite RTI presentations, Feast Meets West. Compared very efficiently with uh, the friendly voiced co-hosts Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu, it made listening a pleasurable experience. In this edition, the Taiwanese popular game of baseball was put on the plate. The program gave a glimpse of its history, which started in 1906, right up to its present status. In 1982, Taiwan won the silver in the Barcelona Olympics. It's 1992, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and bagged a world record of 17 titles. Interspaced by beautiful Taiwanese popular music, the listeners were informed of the various aspects of the game, which is so passionate to Taiwanese citizens. I learned about the game's taboos, the uses of robots as spectators, that's kind of new, actually, Mm. this season, Uh, cheerleaders, entertainers, foods like Taiwanese hot dogs, and black tire snacks. Is that all in? Is that Probably. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like the direct uh, translation. Black tire, that that would be all in, I think. That's not... (laughs) It's not, is that baseball related? I didn't know that. I thought that was just like a general snack food. I didn't know there was a baseball connection. You learn something new every day. All of which reflect the rich Taiwanese culture. I enjoyed the beautiful songs like Baseball Boys, Open Up the Sky, O Day, and Another by Fire X. 
Uh, it was also heartening to hear how Taiwan has successfully contained the spread of COVID-19. Over only 430 cases, well, more than that since then, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but... Uh, not too many, thankfully, uh, have been reported, while during the last four days there have been nil cases. All appreciation goes to the proactive Taiwanese government, the highly efficient medical health system, and the citizen sense of public health awareness. And it says, please stay safe and stay healthy. With kind regards, Jayantu Chakrabarti of India. All right, we'll stay in India. This is coming to us from Sunil Deep of Kerala, South India. It says, sir and ma'am, greetings from Calicut. Again, it's a pleasure to send this mail. This is a monthly report of your station, and I hope it'll be very useful to your engineering department. Well, no, well thank you very much. And um, two reception reports for the month of March. And it says here, okay, he listened in at 16.00 hours on 9.405 kilohertz and sometimes on 15.320 kilohertz. Um, also showing good reception, but 9405 kilohertz most of the days, steady signal was noted. Now, all over the world, concentration is mainly to prevent COVID-19, and in India also, the number of cases reported is low. In Kerala state, where I'm staying, is the lowest of COVID-19 uh, COVID patients, among other states in India. Lots of uh, um, Indians, especially in Kerala state, is presently working in Gulf. Uh, some people are returning to India on a charter plane. Okay. The economy of Kerala is dependent upon the people working in the Gulf, and we welcome them. He actually attached a photo, oh, I didn't get that, of his radio room with his collection of radio stations all around the world, and hope you like it and wish you good health. My best wishes and good luck. Again, that was Sunil Deep of Kerala, South India. Thank you very much. We have a stack of reports here from Brian Newell, who's listening in Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S. It says here, Dear RTI, just catching up on reports. Listening to RTI has given me a solid base of factual information about COVID-19 and the right way to avoid its spread. Best wishes in all programs. And uh, among the reports, we have some items about Hashtag Taiwan, an episode in which Leslie introduced the... Recent uh, tongue-in-cheek milk tea alliance recently established oh. between Hong Kong, Thailand, and Taiwan. I hear some other places have been added since then. So, uh, oh, <laughs> um, uh, an episode of Status Update where you talked about your trip to the northeast coast. Um, in addition of here in Taiwan, where we talked about exams in schools at Confucius temples, I'm going to have a hopefully a program about that actually shortly. Oh, awesome! Um, an episode of Stroke of Light, a rerun here about uh, the famous Japanese artist Yayoi Kusama, who's famous for polka dots and pumpkins, too, I think. Um, also, an episode of In the Spotlight, where you interviewed Jamie Huang, a fashion designer, and uh, who says that a design is a story. On the line with Carlson, uh, this was an episode where in which he talked to Professor Edward Eason Chen about the U.S. and China blaming each other. Um, Ear to the Ground, this was an Ode to the Humble Scooter, and Jukebox Republic, a collection of classic Taiwanese songs, including Ming Tianhui Geng Hao, Tomorrow Will Be Better, which featured 60 singers. Wow, it's yes. like We Are the World. It's <laughs> yeah, a benefit yeah, yeah. concert. It was actually, you know, yeah, learning from them. Yeah, We Are the World. And oh goodness, this is a classic. Yue Yang Tai Biao Famous <laughs> song by Teresa Tang. All right, well, that comes to us once again from Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S. 
Great. Thank you so much for all your letters. We always love to hear from you. So keep them coming. So let us know how you're doing, you know, in the midst of this pandemic. We also like to hear about that as well. Of, of course, uh, just, you know, what programs you've been listening to, what programs you've been tuning into and what you think about them. Let us know the details of the programs that you heard. So write us at PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email our way. You can do that at rti at rti.org.tw. And of course, don't forget to check out our Facebook page and our YouTube channel as well and leave a comment when you do we look forward to seeing what you have to say that is right well until next week i'm shirley lynn i'm john van trieste goodbye bye Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs>